This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates. You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Lots of great tools and resources for you. Also, some great ways to connect with us, completely complimentary. Maybe you have a quick question, you want to set up a 15-minute phone call, or if you'd like to get a second set of eyes on your plan, maybe you're someone that's done it yourself, or maybe you haven't even started. Don't worry, in any of those cases, we can help. You can set up a in-person or virtual appointment. Those are all complimentary options. You'll see the calendar, be able to book that directly right at Retirement Ready Show. Dot com, and I got my buddy Brad out two weeks in a row, Brad. I know. What is going on? I don't know. It's weird. You're a busy man. I, n- I normally can't grab you two weeks in a row. <laughs> I love being on. This is fun. It is fun. It is fun. Now, if just the listeners could see a good-looking Brad. Oh, boy. Here we go. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to tease you a little bit. We, we got to start one of those that, you know, I guess some people are doing, uh, you know, like podcasts, radio shows with the video component. Yeah. We could just have the camera focused right on you, buddy. Nah, I'm, I'm good. Nobody needs to see that. Well, you know, they say I have a face for radio. but <laughs> They can't see me eating snacks in between uh, right. when you're talking. Picking your nose or something. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, though, Brad. It's great to have you. I'm really, uh, all kidding aside, I'm really grateful to have you two weeks in a row. I know you are busy and been such a great member of our team. But um, great topic this week that I wanted to talk about a little bit, and it's this concept of, of stress testing the portfolio, right? Maybe you're concerned about the roller coaster ride of the stock market, you know, thinking about pending recessions, inflation, government debt, you know, all these things that can affect our retirement savings. And if any of those questions are on your mind, you've come to the right place. Today, we're going to unveil uh, a method to better manage risk in a portfolio, and it's called portfolio stress testing. And it's a technique similar to what the Federal Reserve uses to help ensure the financial strength of banks against future economic shocks. Now, your broker advisor should be able to stress test your portfolio in similar ways. Unfortunately, many fail to perform this important step in helping their clients manage risk. So on today's show, we're going to explore why, and maybe, Brad, even more importantly, how portfolio stress testing can help protect your future retirement. So stay tuned. We have some valuable insight that can help help better protect you. And I, Brad, you know, I get it. I, I understand that market volatility you know, economic worries, that that can be unsettling when you go through these time periods. It is really scary, especially for folks that are in retirement or nearing retirement. And that's why at our firm, Drake & Associates, we prioritize pursuing our clients' financial objectives while helping to reduce risk. And I think that's a big point, right? There's so many brokers out there that want you to take more and more risk. That's not always appropriate. Warren Buffett's got that great quote, you know, why take risk you don't need? And if you feel that your other investments are exposed to more risk than you're comfortable with, reach out to us. We offer a complimentary consultation, and we'd love to discuss your concerns and talk about ways we can align your investments with your risk tolerance. And maybe you're finding yourself a little spooked by the roller coaster ride of the stock market. That could be a good sign that you want to kind of reassess, maybe working with a different advisor. A lot of Wall Street firms focus heavily on trying to beat the markets. But the reality is market fluctuations are beyond anyone's control. 
our approach revolves around controlling the what we can control the controllable and the one thing you can truly can control is the level of risk within your investment portfolio and that's exactly what we're going to talk about on today's show our true passion lies in meeting with our clients personally to craft tailored strategies build retirement ready roadmaps and address the unique challenges that you're going to encounter while you're pursuing the your dream retirement whatever that might look like so we believe in providing personal personalized strategies and we're excited to do the same for you and I think probably the first maybe thing to talk about, Brad, as we set the stage on how to stress test and why that's important, you know, there is, you know, amounts of volatility in the market that's really beyond our control. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, you know, and when you're talking about stress testing, I look at stress testing like practicing for the big game, right? You're you're practicing, you're doing all the things you should do, and you're trying to figure out what do I need to know, what do I what do I not, and you know the the stress test is putting yourself through up and down periods in the market before they actually happen, and putting your actual portfolio through those kind of time periods is going to let you know how would you actually perform during those time periods when they really happen. And you mentioned the uh, the Warren Buffett quote: "Don't risk what you have for something you don't need." Warren Buffett also has a quote, you never know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. Oh, boy. Right? Are you naked, Brad? You never know. How Maybe much... that's why we don't need to do a video. <laughs> yes, no cameras. <laughs> you never know how much risk you're taking until the market actually goes down. And that's what stress testing is all about. So if you look back in March of 2020, the world faced an unprecedented global pandemic, and the stock market was not immune to that impact, right? The outbreak of COVID-19. It sends shockwaves throughout the financial markets, leaving investors grappling with uncertainty and fear. And, you know, during those tumultuous days, the Dow Jones experienced its largest point plunge ever recorded up to that date. Within just 22 trading days, the, the S&P 500 fell uh, by 30%. So we've seen big market downturns in the past couple of years. The question is, you know, that was one of those more V-shaped curves, right? It went down very, very quickly. But it also came back up pretty quickly as well. You know, a lot of people then when we're meeting them throughout the year or when we're teaching classes and doing those kind of things, they're worried more so about the 2008s, right? The 2001s when the market really went down, but it stayed down for a little while as well. And when you talk about big market downturns in retirement, the, the, the key question is how much time do you have before the market comes back up or before you make back what you lost? Or is it a forever loss? Do you lose it forever because you're also drawing money out at the same time? You never have that that money come back up fast enough to make the money back that you lost. So when you're talking about stress testing, you're talking about putting a portfolio together, looking at the investments and the risk and the tolerance for risk and all these kind of things. That's really what you're saying is how much can I afford to lose at this point in my life? And the stress test can show you, is it too much at this point? And if it is, that's when you can make some adjustments going forward. Adjustments are really important to make. And I think, Brad, when we kind of think about retirement and volatility, we know volatility is not controllable, right? We're going to see volatility throughout our retirement. But how can we control the things that are controllable? There's a really brilliant investor and author, Benjamin Graham. A lot of people refer to him as the father of value investing. And he had this really timeless piece of wisdom. He said, investing intelligently is about controlling the controllable. Now, that sounds simple, right? But let me tell you, it's surprisingly easy to forget, especially with the market being so unpredictable. 
So what exactly does controlling the uncontrollable mean? Well, at its core, it's about reminding ourselves to focus on the things that we can actually influence when it comes to investing. We need to let go of those factors beyond our control because let's face it, the market has a mind of its own and even the smartest uh, predictions can sometimes go haywire. So when you channel our energy towards things we can control, that's where you know the real power lies in retirement. And you need to think about your exposure to risk because it is an important aspect that, believe it or not, you do have significant control over. And today we're going to focus in uh, a dial in on discussing that. However, before we dive into that, let's talk about a couple other aspects, Brad, that are within your control. A lot of people don't realize Social Security is well within your control. Yeah, it's one of those things. There's there's hundreds of different ways you can take it, and you have to look at Social Security. If you listened to the show last week, we, we kind of went in depth on Social Security, and looking at that as, as more of an asset rather than just something you flip on or off, right? I mean, if you look at it more like an IRA, something you've been pouring money into your whole life, and now you're trying to figure out how does it work with everything else that you have? You know, Social Security is one of those things that you have, it's there, and now you have to figure out when you want to turn it on. So from 62 to your full retirement age, Social Security goes up 6% per year if you don't take it. From 67, if that's your full retirement age or whenever your full retirement age is, until 70, it starts going up 8% per year. So there's a lot of people out there trying to figure out what is the best age for me to take this Social Security, and, and fortunately, you have control of that. So you have to look at Social Security along with your other assets. Would it be better for you to draw from your IRAs first in retirement when you first retire and you're in a very low tax bracket? Would it, would, would it be better to turn on Social Security right away and get it for the longest period of time possible? If you're a couple, maybe you have one person wait to take Social Security as long as possible so it can be that survivor benefit later on down the road and then the other spouse takes it right away or are there spousal benefits available to that other spouse? Uh, you know, Maybe you had a spouse that passed away and you have a survivor benefit available. So there's all these different things. There's so many different ways that you can take Social Security. The question is not when should I turn it on, it's how does it work with everything else that I have from a tax standpoint, from an investment standpoint, point, from a withdrawal standpoint. So all these different questions that need to be answered and that's why putting a retirement plan, a holistic retirement plan together is so important because not one piece is more important than the other. Right. A lot of people focus on just the investments and the stocks and the bonds and where they're investing. And, and that's really important. But what about Social Security? What about income planning? What about health care and taxes and estate planning and all these other things that are just as important as the investments? Uh, but a lot of people kind of skip past it, you know, and, and it all works together so well when you can when you can see it all put together. Um, you can make your money last a little bit longer, pay less in taxes along the way. All these things can benefit you as long as you're including it in that retirement plan. Really want to make sure that's included. And, and I think sometimes the shocking news for folks is there are more things that you can control than you think of. One of those is taxes. A lot of people think you're just stuck with the taxes that you have to pay. Remember, there's mandatory taxes and there's optional taxes. So many people are paying optional taxes that you don't have to pay. So you really want to make sure that you get your arms around that. Another aspect you can control is the fees associated with your investments and brokerage accounts. So understanding these fees is essential. 
lot of times people don't realize how much they're paying. And these are just a few examples of the things you can control, but there's one more aspect that might be the most significant to managing risk, and, and that's really the way that you look at risk, and that's something we want to get into after the break. But remember, lots of stuff you can control, and if we can get our arms around that first, Social Security, lots of great strategies to maxi- maximize what we can get from Social Security. Tax planning. Not uncommon that we can save our clients six figures, over $100,000 in federal taxes paid over their decades in retirement and fees. You want to take a look at the fees. If you don't want to do it with us, there's some great tools at FINRA.org, or you can go to Yahoo Finance, and you'll see some great tools that will uncover some of the fees you might not be aware that you're paying. These are just a couple examples, but getting your arms around these can make a massive difference in the long run. Talking a little bit this week, Brad, about portfolio stress testing, and we talked about some of the things you can control, but I think it's important to think about the old way that we used to assess risk. Yeah, you know, the the traditional way of assessing risk involved filling out a questionnaire that kind of pigeonholed a little bit people into categories like aggressive or moderate or conservative. But here's the thing, that, that approach could be a little bit flawed. You know, people often claim they can handle a certain level of risk in theory, but when reality hits, they might not be as comfortable as they thought, right? There's that emotional investing. When you're actually watching your money go down, that's different than looking at a stress test or thinking about conservative, moderate, aggressive. You know, it's like buying a pair of pants that only comes in sizes small, medium, and large. And sure, that's going to fit okay, but for a lot of us, they're going to be too tight or too loose in all the wrong places. So, Wall Street firms create these these model portfolios based on those three categories of risk, thinking one will be the best fit for each investor. Everything seems fine until the market faces major events like the, the 2008 crash or COVID-19 pandemic. Suddenly, even conservative or moderately aggressive investors see their portfolios taking a significant hit. And what happens then? A lot of people panic, right? They decide to leave the market at its low point. The problem is that these these generic categories might not accurately reflect a person's true risk tolerance or investment objectives. It's like a one-size-fits-all approach that doesn't really fit, fit everybody uh, perfectly. So, you know, I think it's important to forget about those those rigid categories and get down to what really matters. And, and that's understanding your risk preferences, and crafting investment strategies that are are tailor-made for you, whether you like having a safe bucket and then risk over here or having different buckets doing different things so you have different places to draw from no matter what the market does. So there's a lot of different ways you can do that, but you want to make sure that you are comfortable in the portfolio that you're in because when we go through those tough times, that's where, you know, that's where the panic starts to happen. That's when the stress starts to happen. And you just don't want to make decisions under a stressful environment like that. Yeah, really important not to do that. And because it can be, you know, pretty stressful. If you think about, we talked earlier about volatility. If you think back to March of 2020, the world faced an unprecedented, unprecedented, excuse me, global pandemic. And the stock market was not immune. The outbreak of COVID-19 kind of sent shockwaves through all the markets. And it left investors grappling with uncertainty and fear. If you think back, maybe we don't want to think back to those days, but the, the Dow experienced its largest point plunge ever recorded to that date. And with just 22 trading days, the S&P fell by 30%. Now, let's put that into perspective. Let's consider a scenario. Imagine an individual retiring and investing their entire million-dollar 401k balance in the stock market. 
market just before the crash. In a little over three weeks, their portfolio would have plummeted to 700000 Now, if they were aware that this was a possibility, if they really understood the degree of risk they were subjecting their savings to, perhaps they could withstand the shock. But most people are not familiar with how volatile the markets have been in the past. And when faced with such a drastic market fluctuation, there's this temptation to sell everything and preserve what remains, and that really becomes compelling. It's really hard to not get emotional about your own money. And it's entirely understandable that someone might consider this course of action, especially when the future seems uncertain. But Brad, to your point, as the events of 2020 unfolded, we witnessed something unexpected. By the end of the year, the stock market rebounded, reaching new record highs for the Dow and the S&P, and the NASDAQ even experienced some of its best performance in over a decade. So this really illustrates an important reality, and that's that the stock market is totally unpredictable, and nobody can really control the timing or the ups and downs of the market. That's just impossible. But Brad, there is a better way, right? There's a better way when you think about it today, and we have some great tools, and one of those is portfolio stress testing. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement-ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. You know, it's invaluable, that tool for, for pursuing, uh, you know, the stress testing. This, this technique involves utilizing computer simulations to assess the resilience of the investment portfolios against a range of potential future financial scenarios, whether good or bad. You know, we'll run people through a great market like 2013, and then we'll hit them with a 2008 after that and just show them what they would do if the market really went up versus it going down. While the Federal Reserve conducts stress tests to evaluate large banks, performance uh, during hypothetical recessions, investors can also benefit from stress testing their individual portfolios using that, that kind of computer software. Historical stress testing is a common approach where a portfolio or a specific investment is simulated based on past crisis, like we were saying, 2008 or 2001 or 1987. You can kind of simulate those downturns with the portfolio that you have right now to show you how much you would lose with these stocks, with these funds, these mutual funds, these ETFs, these index funds, whatever it is you have in your portfolio, you can stress test those exact funds and see what they would do during those periods of time. So with information from test, stress testing, investors can make more informed decisions about their investments and adjust their strategies to better align with their risk tolerance. That, and like, If you do a stress test and you realize, hey, I'm losing a lot more money than I would actually feel comfortable losing, that is a good time to make those adjustments before the market actually does go down in real life. It's good to simulate that to figure out if your comfort zone matches where you're at right now. You know, and, and you know, even during COVID, I mean, COVID was kind of a strange one, right? There was a lot of emotional investing during COVID because it was also an emotional time, especially in retirement. You think about putting yourself back in that situation. You can't leave your house. You can't see your family. You can't do these things, which is already stressful on you. And then you're watching the money that you've worked so hard saving just go down in the market. 
you're, you're already in an emotional, stressful state, and now you're watching that. I mean, so many people started pulling their money out at that point. So it really does help to have a second set of eyes, whether you have a financial advisor already or you have a team of financial advisors who are working for you to kind of make those decisions based on not emotion, but working with a plan and implementing that plan and making sure that plan changes as, as things change in the world, whether it's a tax strategy or whatever could come up, that's the benefit of having a team of advisors who's working for you to make sure that you're not making those rash decisions during those volatile times. Yeah, you don't want to make those kind of immediate decisions, emotional decisions. And that's where, Brad, you know, sometimes we've had over the years retired stockbrokers that become clients. And someone might say, well... Why in the heck would somebody pay an advisor that was an advisor? It's just really hard, even for advisors. It's really hard to not become emotional about your own money. And it's really important to do that. And there's there's some great tools. So part of our retirement ready roadmap process when we're building that for you, one of the steps we're going to do is we're going to have you go through some steps, answer some questions, and get assigned with a risk number. Now, you might be saying, what the heck is a risk number? So if you don't have one, that might be a good sign. It could be a good time to think about that, get with your advisor, understand your risk number. But think of this as your emotional risk tolerance. What are you comfortable risking emotionally? Where's that loss point where you're hitting that panic button that Brad talked about and maybe making the worst decision and selling and locking in all your losses at the bottom, which in reality is what most investors do on their own, right? So we want to kind of determine what that comfortable point is. From that point, we're going to go ahead and take your current investments and we're going to see how much risk you're actually taking. And it's not uncommon. I'll give you a hypothetical example here, but it'll illustrate the point. It's not uncommon that we meet somebody that's, let's say they're at an emotional risk number of 35. Zero being I want everything in cash under the mattress. 99 actually being more risky than the S&P 500 itself, right? And, and let's say they come in at a 35. Then we analyze their portfolio, Brad, and they might be a 70, which begs the question, why are you taking double the risk you're comfortable taking? And the answer we get nine times out of 10, they'll either say, Tony, I had no idea, or they'll say, if I told my advisor once, I've told him or her a hundred times, I didn't want a high risk portfolio. So most people just don't know what's going on. Now, does that mean that couple at a 70 needs to panic and sell everything? Of course not. But it's data. Now they know that they're invested at a much higher risk level. Now they know because we can simulate 2008, COVID, what would happen if those time periods happened again. We can take a look at that and simulate that. So now they're educated so they can decide, you know what, if this risk level is too high, what's the appropriate plan, Tony or Brad, so we can start to pull back that risk and work towards that 35 that we're just a little bit more comfortable with at, at this point in life? And can we invest at a 35 and still achieve all of our retirement dreams? Those are the questions that you need to get answered and that we do answer as we build out your retirement ready roadmap. And I think going through that risk tolerance process is very enlightening and can really open your eyes to what's happening with your investments. And just this idea that, that it, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand the risk that they're taking and what that could mean in a major market pullback. And one of the ways we address that is by having a balance between what we call the risk and the safe bucket, the red bucket and the green bucket. And getting that right 
uh, can really help on so many different levels. It can. And, and you just start with the question, you know, let's say the market is down 20, 30%. You know, remember back when COVID happened, the market went down quickly. If you're in retirement, just think to yourself, where do you draw from at that point? Do you just draw from the, the market and, and just take the loss at that point? Or, or do you have different buckets doing different things? Do you have a cash reserve? Do you have CDs? Do you ladder mount? What, what are you doing in that in that safe bucket versus the, the more long-term bucket? You know, do you have different places to draw from no matter what the market's doing? And, you know, there's a lot of folks that'll say, you know, I, I want more of a long-term bucket with, with all of my money. I don't care if the market goes up and down. I'm okay with that and, and fine, right? But... But you want to make sure that you run those kind of stress tests to actually see how much would you lose in those portfolios in that aggressive bucket, right? And is that too much to lose at that point? Or, or maybe it's better to think about having your Roth money as being the more aggressive bucket because you're probably not going to touch that right away in retirement anyways. You want that account to grow as much as possible because every dollar you make in that account is your money going forward. You don't have to pay any taxes on it, all those things. So having a, a nice um, risk versus safety portfolio is is crucial, I think, in retirement to give peace of mind to the clients that no matter what the economy's doing, no matter where interest rates are, no matter what's going on in the world or the stock market, I know I have a place to draw from no matter what. And that's what retirement is about. Where do I have enough? Will I be okay? You know, and a lot of that has to do with where are you taking money from along the way? How are you doing it from a tax perspective? Are you doing it the right way early in retirement while you're in the lowest tax bracket of your life? Are you planning for being in a higher tax bracket potentially in your 70s when those required minimum distributions start? Do you have a plan for those RMDs once they come in? If you don't need the money, what are you going to do with it? You know, how do you reduce the taxes? So there's all these different things to think about from a risk and safety perspective. And, and that's what putting that plan together is about, planning for the worst, hoping for the best. Yeah, you, you definitely want to, uh, you know, have a good plan. I heard an old quote, Brad, uh, hope is not a strategy. Yeah. True. So you need to need to have that plan in place. And I think getting that right balance of risk can do so many things. Right. And, and, you know, in most couples, I think there's somebody one of the two is, tends to be a little bit, you know, has a better appetite for risk. And the other one wants to put I always call it my, my grandparents, Grandma Mary, Grandpa Sam, they were children of the Depression. And so they grew up in these like just tremendously difficult economic times. And then Grandpa was a World War II Navy vet, and he got back from World War II. He got a Ph.D. in economics, so he's literally a doctor, a professor in economics. And even though he had all this education and knowledge, they never invested really in anything but CDs. And I, I like to call Grandma Mary's mattress money. She would have kept it all in cash under the mattress if she could. And, and Grandpa talked about the next Great Depression being right around the corner. Um, so, so ultra, ultra conservative. So usually one of the two couples tends to be very conservative, but having this right balance between risk and safety can really, I think, kind of whet both appetites. So the safe investor knows that they have a portion that can't lose. And then, uh, you know, the person that's a little bit more comfortable with risk knows we're going after some better returns, keep up with inflation things of that nature over the years. But it also brings in some other interesting components, Brad, in that if you think about having a safe bucket, maybe we can put enough money in that safe bucket where we can satisfy about 10 to 12 years worth of your income needs. So then no longer are we worried about what's happening in the economy. 
right? Because that other risk bucket, it's going up and down on the Wall Wall Street roller coaster, but we don't have to worry about it because we have that safe bucket that's meeting your income needs, and it gives us so much flexibility. If the market's doing well, we can live off the interest and, and take that out. If the market's not doing well, we can take from our safe bucket. So having that right blend of different types of products and, and asset classes is so important. Yeah, I love when you say, I mean, hope's not a strategy, right? It's like uh, I go to bed every night and say, I hope I have a six-pack by the time I wake up tomorrow. That's not a strategy, right? you got to put in the work to do it. I wish it were. Yeah, like I mean, it did when I was like uh, in high school, you know? metabolism goes away. Um, so you take that a step further, what you were just talking about with the, the, the safe and the risk bucket. Now take it a step further and think about tax strategies as well. If you have a safe bucket and you have a more aggressive bucket, and maybe you differentiate those between IRA and Roth, right? The Roth is the more aggressive bucket. The IRA is a little bit safer. The best time to do a Roth conversion might be when the market's down then at that point, right? If the market goes down 20%, the IRA is more conservative, so it's not down as much. So you take some of that money out of the IRA, you're going to lock in a loss there because it is down a little bit, but you're also buying a lot more shares in the Roth at that point, right? You're buying a lot more shares at a lower price, and now you have more shares in the Roth, which is more aggressive. So when the market starts going back up, it's going to go up faster because it's more aggressive, but it's also going to go up tax-free versus tax-deferred. So there's so many different ways you can take that and, 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 and kind of, you know, put your own spin on it and, and make sure it fits in your plan with your specific goals and needs. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I mean, just from a Roth conversion standpoint, if your goal is to hand money down to your beneficiaries, there's no better way to do it than a Roth IRA. You know, possibly some life insurance if you have that, that's tax-free. But the Roth is tax-free. That goes to your beneficiaries tax-free. If you have all your money in IRAs or 401ks or those tax-deferred accounts, well, whoever inherits that money from you also has to pay taxes on that. And they only have a decade to take it out, right? That could force them into a pretty high tax bracket at that point. So you have to think about, again, what are your goals for the money that you have? And what is the best way to achieve those goals through these kind of strategies and, and different ways you can do things going forward? Strategies are really important. And, and I think to your point, Brad, you know, this can feel complex when you think about these five areas working together particularly you start to dive into some of these tax strategies, right? And and I think that's probably one of the big misconceptions. We meet so many people. If you're like most Americans, the vast majority of your wealth is tied up in that 401k or that pre-tax IRA, 403b, 457, thrift savings plan, a TSP. There's a bunch of different varieties of it. But that has a big old IOU stamp on it from the IRS, right? And you have to accept the reality, unless you do proper planning, that's not all your money. There's some taxes due. And if we're fortunate enough to meet somebody in the decade that they're in their 60s before required minimum distribution age, 73 or 75 for most of us, then we can do some phenomenal things to really minimize the tax impact of bringing that in. And that sometimes, Brad has such an impact on the longevity of the portfolio. When you think about later in your 70s, why does it hurt so bad to take those RMDs out? You know, a lot of people that we meet, they they, they put so much of their money into tax-deferred accounts because that's all that was available. Because it's taxable. <laughs> Scary it stuff, Brad. This time of year, it's Halloween. Come on. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, so taxable, you know, at 73, the government makes you take those RMDs and it starts at about 4% of whatever you have in IRAs, depending on how much you have in IRAs, that could be a pretty big number, right? 
So as that income goes up outside of Social Security, the more they start taxing your Social Security and including it as income. So you have all this income later on in your 70s. And then as your income goes up, that can affect some premiums for health care and all those kind of things. So, you know, like I always say, taxes, is it's like this little snowball at the top of the mountain early in retirement. And as, it, as you grow older, that snowball gets bigger and bigger and the tax burden gets bigger and bigger as well. And there is something you can do about it if you address it early enough. But also after 73, could you do charitable giving, all these kind of things to try to minimize those taxes as well? Great way to do multiple things, but don't ignore the tax planning strategies. That's really important. It can have a huge impact. And Brad, our firm is committed to providing our clients with what we believe is one of the most important services, and that's helping them understand the risks involved and helping to make sure their investment strategy lines up with your retirement goals. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about chasing returns. It's also about helping build a confident retirement. So schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on our team, and you're going to gain valuable insights into the risks associated with your investment portfolio. And we can help you take proactive steps towards preserving your future Best part, Brad, that is completely complimentary for folks. So seize control of your financial future now. We'll design a customized retirement-ready roadmap tailored to your unique goals, providing you with really great confidence you deserve throughout your retirement journey. And I think, you know, doing that, Brad, is so important. And that's really one of the joys of what we get to do is we really get to sit down with families and help them understand. Today, we've been really focused on the risk conversation. And there's so many various components we're going to do when we meet with the new family. But understanding the risk is important. Because again, the, the worst thing that we can see happen is we go through a cor- correctionary period and we know those periods are going to happen, right? And you hit a point, you know, I call it the point where you hit that panic button, right? Where it's just so much loss. You say, boy, we've worked so hard for this. I just can't take it anymore. And if you're like the average investor, what you do then is panic and sell at the bottom. And that's not what we want to see happen. And we can help avoid that by having the right risk blend, the right blend of both you know risk money and safe money, and then within that risk bucket, the right you know investment, so we're not taking too much risk, so you're not hitting that emotional pain point where you really make that tragic decision. So we'd love to help you analyze your risk, and we'd love to help you create your retirement-ready roadmap. That's what we're passionate about doing, and we wish you the best in your retirement. You, Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement-ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial 
financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.